Welcome to the Public Health Joy Podcast, the safe space for real and honest conversations about what it takes to transform public health research into life-changing solutions for our communities. I'm your host, Dr. Joy, a public health researcher, PhD survivor, and entrepreneur. In today's episode, we're talking with Ms. Edie Criddle, also known as the Community Lady, about what it means to build community relationships in research beyond the gift card. This is the joyride you've been waiting for. Join us as we revolutionize public health through research done with, for, and by our communities. Together, let's create our public health joy. So welcome to another great episode of the Public Health Joy podcast. And today we have Miss Edie Criddle, affectionately known as the Community Lady. We got the Community Lady with us today. And she is a seasoned professional in community engagement, partnership development, and coalition building. With over 20 years of experience, Ms. Edie has consistently brought community partners and academic researchers together to create innovative programming, particularly through the Project ERACE, which we're going to talk about today, which stands for Equitable Research and Community Engagement, where they are redefining research through practical application, cultural relevance, and engagement. We are so excited to have you with us today. Please go ahead and tell the people who you are, what you do, what you got going on. Well, first of all, Joy, thank you so much for having me on your podcast. I really am in admiration of the great work that you are doing to extend yourself out to the community. I am the founder and executive director of Healthy Communities Coalition, where we're working to convene academic researchers, community and faith-based organizations to work together. In particular, we strive to demonstrate the role and the value of research to our community partners and the delivery of programs, services, and ministries. And the ideal situation for us is to learn how to drive research and to have these research projects be equitable, to have community partners on the ground, I guess, um, deepening our impact, measuring our impact, translating our own findings. That's really the goal. So Project ERACE is a needs assessment of community partners and researchers regarding their experience with research and with community academic projects. And then to demonstrate to some of our community partners, including myself, because I was once in this position, that research is not a dirty word, Mm -hmm. that we can redefine research and that we can absolutely make it work for us. Yes, absolutely. And I want to back up a little bit because you and I met because Leonora Okwara, who is the founder of the Association of Black Researchers, introduced us. And when I started exploring who you were and I'm like, oh, this the community lady. I want to know how did you become the community lady and how did you find yourself getting into this position with research? Like, what is the backstory? behind how you got here. Absolutely. So I'll start with, this was never my choice. Mm. (laughs) I'll absolutely start there. I lived in the community. I am from Baltimore, Maryland. 
And I looked around. I saw a need. I spoke with neighbors. I spoke with clergy. I spoke with school systems, all in an effort to find out how can we create programming that helps youth thrive here at home? How can we create recreation centers? How can we offer computer literacy training? Just those types of things. We did so much in our community and my home community, which is uh, in the northeast section of Baltimore, Maryland. We actually extended bus lines to help seniors travel to and from the bank, the uh, supermarket, the retail store, wherever they needed to go. We established a bus line to do that. And I was just on the ground a lot. We assessed about 400 people. So whenever I went around, it was funny. People didn't know me because I would walk a lot through the community. Mm-hmm. And they would say they wouldn't know my name when they couldn't pronounce my name. And so they would just call me community lady. <laughs> <laughs> and I just accepted that title with affection. All right, I'm like, okay, fine. You know, I'm the community lady. I never even corrected them. So that's how the name came about. But my experience on the ground as an executive director of the community-based nonprofit, I understand the challenges that many executive directors face because you're really doing everything. You are writing the grants, you're managing the grants, you're recruiting staff, you're marketing the program, you're creating partnerships, you're negotiating contracts, you're doing everything on the ground yourself. And I, hence, I imagine that's why it's called grassroots work. <laughs> but you know, as such, part of the benefits of that, and part of the benefits of being recognized as a community lady is people put their trust in you. People listen to you. You get to understand the populations better. You understand the needs of the populations. I recall neighbors asking me, who's the best candidate to vote for? Things like that. People really trust grassroots community partners on the ground. Part of that challenge, however, is we're on the ground doing the work. And that's all we're really passionate about, is really doing the work and making the difference in the community. I think you brought up several good points. And one thing I want to say is when you are working with the community and the community gives you a nickname and it is a positive nickname, <laughs> yes. you are in there. You are in there. Your life. That is a sign that they trust you. And I think that's such an important piece of it. And especially when we're talking about research, right? And these community-based organizations. And like you said, when you're the executive director or you are the leader of this organization, you got a million other things on your plate. Mm -hmm. And you're not exactly worried about what this survey says or what this evaluation is about, especially Mm -hmm. when there's some some researcher coming from the ivory towers, coming from the university. They only come over here when they want something. And you try, your goal is to protect your community. You ain't got time to deal. You ain't got time to deal with them. Right? Absolutely. <laughs> so we, we keep it real. We keep it real. Absolutely. When you are a nonprofit, when you are a community-based organization, mm-hmm. you have to prioritize, right? You have to prioritize and figure out what is going to be the best method to have this positive impact in the community. And we have to start realizing how do we equip our community-based organizations, our nonprofits, our grassroots organizations to actively understand how they can use research tools and methods themselves to achieve even greater impact. And I think it it goes to one of the things that you mentioned a little bit earlier, that capacity 
is already there. All the mm-hmm. things that you all t- that you talked about that you all were able to do in your community, the capacity is already there. The strength of the community is already there. But mm-hmm. it's like, hey, there are some tools and some methods in research that can help you move even further. That's exactly it. That is exactly it. I'll tell you, my introduction to research, my first introduction was participating on a community advisory board. Mm. And ironically, it was for a PCORI grant, the Patient Centered Outcomes Research Institute funding. And PCORI, its mission is to ensure that the research is community driven. However, those on the Ivory Tower invited me to, to sit there as a community partner. And I didn't understand my role. I didn't understand what was happening. I didn't understand the value of the project to anyone in my community. As such, I asked a ton of questions. And then subsequently, I became personnel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I became personnel at the Ivory Tower. And my role was to actually help researchers and community partners work together. However, the charge was to assist community partners in developing their own research projects. And what I discovered was we really don't know what we don't know. Mm-hmm. There's such a strained relationship with research that when some of us hear the word, we cringe, we shy away from it. Mm-hmm. And that's the huge challenge. But what I discovered by working in the ivory tower was that not only is health in every aspect of the work that community and faith-based partners are doing, because we're impacting those social determinants of health, mm-hmm. but we currently use research. Whenever we're writing grant proposals, we cite research, but we don't understand the value, the value of it or the role of research when we're collecting data, when we're analyzing data, when we're deciding what we want to evaluate in the program so that we can measure our impact. Mm -hmm. I think it's just we haven't been taught research, the relevancy of research in our day to day operations. Yes, yes. Like you said, research is such a dirty word, right? Mm-hmm. It, might, it might as well be a cuss word. In, exactly. some, in some families, like you do not say that word around here. When the surveys come in the mail, where they go in the garbage. Mm-hmm. Y'all might know about the Nielsen surveys, mm-hmm. the TV that rates your, your TV habits and all that type of stuff. They send a mm-hmm. dollar, two dollars in the mail. I know it's some of us took them two dollars out, put it in our pockets and throw that survey right in the trash exactly. right? <laughs> because the money is is what we need. We need them a couple of dollars. So when it comes to research and even when you have those community members or community partners mm-hmm. who are now like serving on those community advisory boards, right? Or serving in some capacity, working with the partnering with the academic researchers. It's like, how do we get our community members and partners up to speed, right? Mm-hmm. Because these academic researchers, they are long gone with their education and their knowledge about research. And it's like, we got to spend time educating our community members and our community partners about research and data literacy. And that's part of what I do as my consulting business Mm -hmm. is offering that training for our community members and our community partners to really take time and understand what is research, what Mm -hmm. is quantitative research, what is qualitative Mm -hmm. research, what does ethics mean, what is data, 
What Mm -hmm. does data look like? They're questions that may seem simple, right, to the academic researcher, but they are questions that need to be answered and that our community members and partners need to be able to understand if we want to be able to engage in what you said, equitable research, right? You can't expect expect the academic researchers to come in with all of their knowledge, all of their power, all of their stuff, and just tell community members what to do. It don't work. It don't work like that. (laughs) It's so interesting because it it doesn't work like that. However, it's traditionally done like that. Exactly. Even when it's framed as CBPR, mm. it's still done like that. And mm. I've, I mean, I've kind of sat and I thought about this because I don't have the answer to this at all. But I've often wondered, I wonder if when we serve our community advisory boards, do we equate the researcher with the doctor? And do we simply just accept everything. We don't question it. Mm. We accept our gift card and we go home. Mm -hmm. And that's troublesome. Mm. And when you said that, the first thing that came, I'm going to say, I'm going to say what came to my mind, which is, baby, just because you put CBPR, community-based participatory research in that proposal or Mm -hmm. that grant does not mean that you're doing CBPR. Okay, because CBPR can look like a lot of different things. Community engagement can look like a lot of different things. It's a spectrum. And to be honest, CBPR is like the bare minimum, right? What we need to be doing, what we need to be doing is moving towards community driven, community led research, right? That's a whole different ballgame. Just because you came and invited your community members to sit on a community advisory board and answer a couple questions, that ain't what we're talking about. Mm -hmm. And that's what a lot of people do. They just assume that I brought in the community. I got their input on something. It's Mm -hmm. community-based research. It's community-engaged research. That's the perception. It really is. When we think about the question of how can we create opportunities for equitable research, How can we get both researchers and community partners on an organization's level, you know, on the organizational level, those who are providing services? How can we get them into a room to have these types of transparent, honest conversations about what's working, what hasn't worked, and how can we work together to ensure that this is beneficial for the researcher who has to publish, you know, who has to conduct research? For the community partner who's serving and whose mission is, is to better people, empower them, move them from one level to the next, create avenues to sustainability. Mm-hmm. That's what we're doing. We're impacting these social determinants of health. We're helping people live longer, longer quality lives, whether it is through housing or it's through workforce development or environmental health or academic enrichment. You know, it's like that's what we're all doing. Mm-hmm. How can we do it better? How can we have a deeper impact using research and partnering? I would think that it's a win-win. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'll say with that partnership, the academic researchers need just as much training as mm-hmm. the community members and partners. Because what has happened is these academic researchers have gotten so disconnected disconnected from what it's really like for the folks who are in the community or not even that they've gotten disconnected. They've never been connected. Let's talk Mm -hmm. about that. They've Mm -hmm. never been connected. 
they have a source of privilege, right? That prevents them from seeing how things really occur in the community, to see how things really happen, to be able to view that reality of what community members and community partners are facing. Mm -hmm. And so it takes the academic researcher to get up off of that pedestal. Let's talk about it. Get up off of that high horse. Mm -hmm. We're not going to have that ego tripping up in here. We're going to sit down and we're going to talk about it. And we're going to be able to have some training on what does it really look like to do research differently, to do research in a way that prioritizes the community's wants and needs and recognizes and lifts up the community's power as well. Absolutely. Because that's that's super important. But as academic researchers, and look, I'm I'm throwing myself in there too. I had to do it too, because I had to learn what it's really like to do community engaged research or community driven research and really understand how do I position myself in a way that I am more so maybe a facilitator. I am here to do what the community asks me to do not had a community do what I'm asking them to do. It's a different type of shift. Mm-hmm. Really understanding what does it take to be a true partnership? Because traditionally, academic researchers are just like, here, I want you to do this survey. I want you to do this interview. I want you to do this. But like, what happens when the community says, hey, academic researcher, we want you to help us do A, B, and C, and D, right? We want you to be able to sit over there, and let us do what we need to do. And we'll call you over for help if we need it. And for the <laughs> academic researcher to sit down and be like, okay, I am here when you need me. I'm going to step to the side. Y'all take charge. And I'm going to be here when y'all call. Like that's a, totally, that's a totally different mindset. It really is. Absolutely. It is absolutely a shift. It's a mindset, not just for the researcher. There's a shift that the community partners have to make. Mm-hmm. To get to that point is ideal. One of our partner organizations in Baltimore, and actually this gentleman owns the barbershop and he has so much space and he uses the barbershop as a platform for mental health work. And he wanted researchers to come in and to devise a project. So he doesn't know what he wants. However, he knows the assets he has. He knows the connection he has. He knows the conversations that are occurring in the barbershop, right? But he needed and wanted an academic researcher to come in to help them define what they wanted. Mm -hmm. And that was difficult. That was very difficult. We contacted a couple of institutions and it wasn't received well and it was very disappointing. Let's say you have a community partner. So the question really becomes, one of the questions, how can a community partner initiate a project. Mm. And that's one of those things that we hope to address and we hope will be revealed in part of our stream of meetings. Project Erase is the umbrella project. And it's just, you know, we're promoting equitable research and community engagement. But we found that again, even with that word research, like today, our preliminary data shows we have 48 respondents. However, most of them are researchers. So me being on the ground, talking to community members, trying to get them to even take the survey about research. They're like, 
I don't want anything to, to do with this. And so I sat with a couple of community members and we thought about, okay, how can we make this relevant to you to at least even approach the conversation? Mm-hmm. So out of that came the Beyond the Gift Card Community Conversation Series. And that's a series of monthly workshops or conversations where researchers and community partners are invited to actually talk about research in the framework of four pillars. The first pillar is research and program design so that our community partners can understand how they can use research, how they are using research to actually design their programs for whatever populations they're serving. Mm -hmm. The second pillar is research and evaluation so that we can look at and discuss different evaluation methods, look at what we're evaluating. The third pillar is research data and not just data, but specifically data use, data collection and data analysis. And then the fourth pillar, we're hopeful that after we've completed these first three conversations, And we've established these relationships, we've had transparent conversations, they will be prepared then to have conversations about community-driven research Mm -hmm. once we've established the relevancy. That's the design. And I love that, by the way. Number one, I love the name, Beyond the Gift Card, because let's be honest, Mm -hmm. we have a lot of researchers who think that a gift card is sufficient for obtaining whatever data that belongs to the community, right? And so we have to start learning and understanding how do we build those relationships beyond that gift card, right? How do we view research? How do we view our data? How do we view the community's power beyond that gift card? And what does that look like? And what does the community need beyond that gift card, right? You are serving an immediate and immediate need by giving a $25, $50 gift card or whatever in exchange for the data. Mm-hmm. But the light bill is $200. Exactly. <laughs> groceries are high, mm-hmm. okay? Super high. Everything is high. And yet we're still on a $25 gift card. Like, mm-hmm. How is that equitable? And that's not to say that, you know, a gift card in some situations is not appropriate. It may very well be. But you have to be able to know your community's needs and their priorities in Mm -hmm. order to really understand how that partnership needs to be built for sustainability. That's it right there. That's (laughs) That's what I'm going to add. That's it right there. You know, you can't just come in, as you mentioned, and study the community, leave the gift card. And then don't even return to disseminate your findings or to even allow the community to actually participate in every part of that research process, including translating the data. Mm -hmm. And the community needs to be a part of every step of the process. And it's getting academic researchers to understand you don't take it up on yourself to figure out what the problem is and go apply for that grant or go submit that proposal and then come back to the community and say, hey, we got this grant. Now we want y'all to help us with it, right? So Mm -hmm. it's understanding how do we partner with the community from the very beginning 
through every aspect of the process to the very end and then create a solution for sustainability so that when their grant money run out, when there's no more funds available, that's it. The application cycle is closed, right? That the community members and the community partners still know what to do. They can still carry yeah. on, carry mm-hmm. on, even when all that stuff isn't available, because that's the true win. That's, that's the true win right there. Absolutely. Creating sustainable projects. You know, and if the community already owns it and understands it, then there are no worries. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah, we are definitely on the same page. There's work to do and it's possible. Yes, it is most certainly possible. And while we're on it with the Beyond the Gift Card conversations, tell folks how can they learn more about that or what is it going to look like? Is it virtual? Is it in person? What does it look like? How can people know more about this Beyond the Gift Card conversations? Oh, absolutely. So I would love to appeal to both community partners, as well as researchers. The workshops will start in March, the third Thursdays. So please mark your calendars. To find out more information, you may contact me directly. My first name, Edie, E-D-E, at healthycc.us. Or you can also go to the website. We'll drop the email in the show notes for everybody. So you can definitely contact Ms. Edie about the Beyond the Gift Card conversations and how to participate and all the information about that. But I will ask this question because I have to ask it because the people want to know what brings you joy in your work? Wow. What brings me joy in my work is actually seeing work done the way it should be. (laughs) That really brings me joy when people are engaged when I mean people are community partners, when we are working together, when we're respecting one another and listening to each other, and when we're making a difference and where you can actually see the difference, where it's easily measurable, that really brings me joy. It brings me joy when we all work together towards a common goal. I love that. And I was also going to ask for Project Erase, if people want to know more about that, Where do they go to learn more about Project E-Race? Or if they wanted to participate in any way, what would that look like for them? Oh, great. To learn more about Project E-Race, please log on to www.healthycc.us. We are always looking for researchers and community members and community or faith-based partners to serve on the Research Advisory Council, where you can advise the content, you could help develop new programming, you could disseminate your findings. You could participate in any way. We would love to have you. Amazing. Y'all, y'all need to make sure y'all contact the community lady, okay? Because <laughs> they got some amazing work going on with Project E-Ray. So, Miss Edie, I'm so grateful that I was able to have this conversation with you. And thank you for coming on to the podcast to interview. I definitely, I know we're going to have some more conversations in the future and I'm definitely going to attend the Beyond the Gift Card conversations for sure. Yes, I am looking forward to it. Your energy is just, it's wonderful. I appreciate your heart and your spirit. Thank you for all you're doing. Thank you. And this is going to wrap up another episode of the Public Health Joy Podcast. 
I am so grateful for this time we got to spend together. If you enjoyed this episode, I need you to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. For more information on transforming public health research into positive community impact, visit www.joywashington.com. This is where research meets relationship. And I'll see you next time on the Public Health Joy Podcast.